This summer, we're bringing you double koi gig. You know what happened? It was that we stopped talking and then people went down and that, that was it. the I problem. I needed the motivation of you slagging me every week to get good results and just imploded without that. Subscribe to the OTB koi gig pod on the OTB Sports app now. Without further ado, let's get our guests up. Our first two guests, it is Kerry Legends, Darrow Kaneda, and Dublin legend, Jason Sherlock. Woo! Need water here? Yep, whatever That's you like, welcome. Yep, welcome along. Jason, how has the reception been so far? <laughs> Any dubs here? <laughs> You're on your own. Echo, echo. Uh, no, it's been good. I felt like... Uh, that Rocky scene when Rocky went to fight uh, in Russia against Drago. And then who did I bump into today? Only the, the football Tommy Walsh. Uh, All right. so, yeah, so um, no, I just wanted to see what levels of Yera were, were like. <laughs> uh, there seems to be a lot of confidence down here. And uh, obviously no one goes from Kerry goes to semi-finals. So I'm sure there's plenty of tickets for me to bring back up to Dublin. <laughs> so, oh, uh, harsh. <laughs> what sort of message have you been giving to J.O. so far, Dara? Yara, 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 all the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll be guarding up short, like I suppose, you know, it's, it is what it is and we'll see later on. Um, <laughs> but the, the, I was just saying to a few of the lads down the back there, like there's, there's been so little, I suppose, talk and coverage, you know, and so little escaping out of the squads at the moment. There hasn't even been a press day to talk about. So at the same time, there's plenty of, of memories and plenty of... Uh, uh, speculation and plenty of yarrow. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Jason, am I right in saying that your first ever Dublin senior match was actually in Kerry? It was against Kerry in the league. That's right, yeah. It would have been in Killarney because we got the train down. Uh, different time at, at that stage. It was, I think it was in 94. And um, like you talk about the sports science now and all that. We, we got onto the train and the first thing we did was up to the, up to the restaurant and had the full Irish. That was our pre-match meal back in those days. <laughs> Um, so we played, we played Kerry that day. Kerry beat us, I think, by a point. Um, and I remember on the, on the way home, some of our players missed the train. So they had to stay. I think it was a bank holiday that weekend. So it was literally, will you tell, will you tell ourselves that I can't make it? I missed the train. So different times. But um, yeah, it was always um, obviously special to play against uh, Kerry. I, I played in the minor in 94 and we were, we were beaten by Galway in the semi-final. And Kerry got to the final that year. Mm. Um, so I missed out on playing them as a minor. So it was great to... Obviously played him then as a, my first game as a senior. Then the year the year after. That was the making of an All Ireland winning team, of course. The full Irish at the end of '94. Yeah, yeah, they should have st- stuck to them. Yeah. So, um, well, actually, we had a terrible league, very similar to Dublin this year. We got relegated in the league, probably because of our, our pre-match meals. And uh, yeah, we we kind of, in fairness, that team at that stage, they'd been on the road a lot. Um, they'd gotten to the final in '92, '94. Uh, semi-final in 93 so it was kind of a matter of time really and thankfully things worked out for the team then in 95 We will get into some of the great battles you had in the 2000s but was Dublin even on your radar at the start of your career Dara around that time when I suppose Kerry were struggling to get out of Munster as well They, they weren't no when I, when I would have started off playing obviously Cork was the big issue trying to get over mm. them in the, in the early 90s we were right in the middle of the famine years Yeah, and uh, you know Cork were the big the big target and we struggled to get over them there were some very good Kerry players that probably didn't get over them at the time um, as Jason said I remember being at that game in 1995 when Dublin finally got over the line and looking on kind of jealously you know as the likes of Jason gets his first 
you know, gets his medal like so young, and you're kind of saying, "Jesus, will it ever be us?" And that's the stage we were at. That stage, um, he mentioned the minors. Kerry did win the minors '94, won the minors, or won the the the, C, the under 21s '95 and '96. So you had, you know, a good group coming through, and um, you know, the, it was coming. We didn't know that at the time. The, the whole county was kind of there was a lot of backbiting, a lot of doubt, a lot. Believe it or not, for Kerry, and uh, you know, the, it, it was it, it, it was a hard enough time to be playing. We were, Thankful, I suppose, today that there was no social media mm. in those days. Anyway, we would have uh, we would have been fairly fairly pilloried, like yeah, like that period. So when you were sitting in the stand in '95, seeing a young Jason Sherlock and Jay O'Mania yeah. take off around Dublin, you're of a similar age. Are you thinking to yourself that you know we should be doing this regardless of our age? It doesn't matter that we're young fellas; we can absolutely be achieving on this on this stage. Yeah, I think you know even playing Sigerson football in those years, you're looking around at players from other counties saying. You know, Kerry footballers are as good as these lads, you know, but these are the lads with the medals. And, you know, that does great, and you know, it does goal, does get you after a while, like, and, you know, you just kind of knuckle down harder and work even harder. I mean, that Dublin team, I used to be marking Paddy Moran in those teams, and you'd, you'd earn every ball that ever went, went into you in, th- in those days, like with Paddy Moran, he was tough as nails, like, but there was a sense, like, a lot of that team were probably, after a huge amount of disappointment, that Dublin team, you know, they had lost... I had been at those finals, 92, 93, 94, you know, we're looking at them and not getting over the line, semi-finals and finals. And, you know, you're looking around, you're saying, look, we're as good as what's out there, but we're just too young. Uh, I think the missing ingredient from our point of view was just we needed no more than Jimmy Guinness, maybe 10 years. You needed this kind of figure like Paulie Shea to come in and, you know, just push us over the line. And there was some very good football. I mean, the standout performers in those years was like some Morris Fitzgerald, who, mm. you know, to my mind, is one of the best footballers that ever played the game like. And in another way, then in '95, that's when you first win it. Like, do you think that's it now? Like, that's how it's going to be. You know, it's. Yeah, it was probably very false. Um, like, I, I was 19 years of age, and and kind of the, the team had had been there, done that, and I suppose once they won one, they kind of they were happy with that. So um, certainly, it wasn't like nowadays where you had kind of 12 months of the year you'd be monitoring players and stuff like that. It was kind of party time, and party time probably went on for too long. So um, no, it, it was it, obviously very privileged to play on a team that won in All-Ireland and it, it just proves that there's there's never any guarantees and like it's funny a, a guy that will be on the sideline for Dublin on Sunday Mick Galvin very good friend of mine uh, originally Beaufort the Galvins in, in Beaufort um, he played for Dublin for I think 12-13 years and he never played against Kerry you mm-hmm. know when you say yeah. about that dominance and it, it's just hard to believe and like there's a great Dublin-Kerry rivalry but there was literally a, a block where there was no games yeah. and, and even now like my mind and I know we'll talk later about the, the match on Sunday like Kerry and Dublin are number one and two but they haven't played in three years so yeah. I think that's really whetted the appetite for, for Sunday so um, so going back to your question I'm trying to forget it at this stage yeah I, I, I was lucky to win one in, in 95 and then at 14 barn years after that no, thang, no thanks to, to this mm-hmm. team and we had a, a team in Tyrone that were very good we came up against a great Mead team as well mm-hmm. in, the, in the late 90s so um, but that's, that, that's, that's sport and that's GA and I think that's what's crucial about the games on Sunday when you're in semi-finals you, you just don't know when you'll be back yeah so you they have don't come to, around very often no so you have mm-hmm. to make the most of it so I think this Kerry team have, have kind of they've been knocking on the door and I think there's a lot of expectation so I'm sure there's pressure to do that on Sunday 
were you, were you prepared for the challenge at the time, Jason, of being the poster boy of that Dublin team? Even just this week, going back and looking at some of the, the comments around that time, like Tommy Conlon referred to you as Gaelic's first pop star, superstar. Um, Pat Spillane said that the GA have a very marketable commodity on their hands. And I think Miriam Lord wrote a, a piece up on the front page of the Irish Independent the day after the, the 95 final. It's unbelievable coverage, and I'm sure obviously you felt every bit of it. Were you prepared to handle that when, when the mania began? Uh, certainly not certainly not and it's very embarrassing when you have the likes of Dara here you have Tommy with medals falling out of his pockets out there and here's me with one and getting all this uh, attention so listen I, I, I look back at it and I was very lucky and I suppose part of it was just timing I, I just happened to be around at the right time for the Dublin team to win an All-Ireland and then the other side was that I looked different I played the game different and like I was a big basketballer and even my first contact with Kerry was through basketball I was in Tralee in the winter of 93 down in Castle Island and I actually bumped into Willie Kirby who I would have palled around with at the time and a guy Joss O'Dowd who was on the Irish team so I was very much into sports at that stage so I was just going with the flow and uh, yeah I, I enjoyed it and I suppose I, I got an experience that not many players get to have so uh, I look back at it very fondly at this stage. I guess there's also the fact as well, it's not just that you're playing other sports, you're very successful at the other sports. There is the Ireland under 21 international team. You even get a call up to the senior team before the Northern Ireland game in 94. Yeah, yeah, but like at the time it was just going with the flow and it, just mm. enjoying it. And I think that's one thing about sports. And like Kilkenny have a different view about other sports, but in 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 my mind, it's about playing as many sports as you want. And like I think even in Kerry, there's a mixture of other sports that they've played, like w- with soccer and rugby or whatever it is. And I, I think we're very lucky in this country that sport is so prominent, and you can pick up so many other skills from all other sports. And I think GA has really embraced that over the last while and not only physically but tactically now you can look at the game and it's it's not like the traditional 15 on 15 that we would have started out playing Um, but I think that's for the better you know I think the the, the skills of the game are a lot higher standard sometimes as a spectacle it can be a bit of a challenge and I think uh, I think that's why we're all looking forward to Sunday we expect to have a, a really good open flowing game. And at that point, when you're playing at such a high level for in soccer as well, did you have to sit down and say to yourself, right, I need to make a choice now between Gaelic and soccer? Um, I, well, I played, I played both sports as, as well as I could for as long as I could. And then kind of decisions had to be made. But it kind of the realisation, I suppose, that you weren't performing as well as you'd like in either game. Mm-hmm. You weren't doing yourself justice. So uh, I, I, I'm not sure what year. It was around the mid-2000s where I kind of focused on, on GA because ultimately, like, GA, are, like, it was, th- that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to play for the Dubs. I remember going down to Tralee to a league game in 1982 getting an annual, a, a, a Gaelic annual in one of the shops down here. And that, that memory's still in, in my head, you know. So I always wanted to play for the dubs. And ultimately, yeah, I, I know professionals get a lot out of sport and they're rewarded in a lot of ways, but I'm very happy with the memories I have and the people that I've met over the years. And it's great to be able to come in here to get a relatively uh, sincere <laughs> welcome. Yeah. Uh, early, yes. Uh, Dara, when you look back at, at your first All-Ireland win, is there comparisons there with 95 from, from your point of view or had the disappointments of the previous years got your feet underground and you weren't possibly going to get carried away with 97? I, I suppose it's 25 years ago now this year. We got in such a hosing from, me, from Mayo in 1996 and you know the, that winter, like the knives were out all that year because 
it was, I suppose, we were probably expected to do it probably maybe a year earlier than what we did, you know. And um, we got a fair bit of stick in 96 and really knuckled down into, into 97. And, you know, you, you ask people then, like, you know, even Dara Shea, who would have, like, six All-Ireland medals, he always says the 97 one was a special one because it's his first one. And, you know, I don't think you can ever kind of recreate the conditions of kind of ending 10 or 11 years without one. And I'll never forget kind of driving around the corner into Denny Street. I see Barry Shea was full back. He's down, here to, down there tonight. Like, he was full back. We were all young. You mentioned William Kirby. Like, they were the life and soul of the party when the party did happen that time, you know. And, you know, it was just mind-blowing, like, kind of driving into the car, turning the corner of Denny Street and that celebration. That was never repeated, let's say, in years afterwards that we would have won. Like, it was just a, a huge, huge relief more than anything else. Um, you kind of sensed that it was going to happen because the miners had won, the under-21s had won. We were decent, Sigerson. We were decent, you know. But you know, it's like the Curtin Kerry team. I think you know they need one. They need one, and if they get one, they might get a few more, you know. And I know Jason's trying to turn up the, the pressure gauge there, like on the Kerry. But they, there is expectation in the county. There is expectation on this group. But I think they're well able for it. And um, you know, when you're you know, two stone overweight and 20 years too old to be winning All-Ireland medals. All you can do is hope that, that <laughs> you know, the, 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 the current generation, that's what it's all about now. You know, you actually, you're kind of loath to talk about, you know, the memories are there, like, but a lot of them are fuzzy enough as well. Like, and, you know, you, you, what it's all about from, like, some me now, from the girl, I'd love to see Brian O'Begley, who's my own club mate, like, to, to win a, an All-Ireland medal. You know, just to see... Yeah, this is it. This is the reward for what you've done, like for the last couple of years. And you know, yeah, that pressure is there. But I hope they're able to embrace it. Like, so is '97 your most special one then? It it, it yeah. would be, yeah. It would it would be. It's it's you know we were so young, um, clueless really. You know, if you look at a video of that game now, it's awful stuff. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, it's Morris Fitzgerald being brilliant and everybody else like kind of <laughs> doing what they were doing. There was a few good players on the, on that team, you know, that went on to become even better, but. I, 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 it's something I don't do is watch those games but I remember seeing it on TG Carroll when those GA gold or All-Ireland gold a couple of years ago and I was it was embarrassing like <laughs> you know, you know it, it was you know it was clueless football when you see what's being played today and I know people give out about today's game but like it was really just catch kick beat your man you know Whatever it landed. No, number 3 marks number 14 number 4 marks 13 it's just it's like a different game it's like watching a different game it's like talking a different language around the game even you know so Paddy didn't do tactics you're saying <laughs> he did psychology which was more important than tactics you know you know look I suppose there'll be a lot bit of talk about it later on in the year I think Jason and the Meat team as well in 96 and our team in 97 are being wheeled out this year and that's how old you feel now at this stage like and there will be a lot of talk and for me 97 a lot of it was about party and Morris Fitzgerald and these lads, you know, there was a few lads like Eamon Breen and Liam Flaherty that had been there a couple of years and it, it, it was just getting them over the line. You know, the likes of Dara O'Shea, Tomas O'Shea was actually a sub on that team, like, and he went on to have an, an unbelievable career as well, like, but um, 97 really was, you know, all the memories are of this, what Paddy said in training, what Paddy said about this. We were so kind of, it's like, I suppose, Tommy Welch and he's playing with, Cody, you know, these big personalities, they do make an impression on you. And when you're finished playing, as we are now for years, like, that's what you remember. I don't actually remember much about the games, you know. What you remember is, you know, the, the impression that these people make on you. But, but what would be the last thing Paddy would say to you before going out on the pitch, then, if, if you can recall? <laughs> can you tell us? Yeah, then... <laughs> 
there'd be there'd be a fair amount of fucks in it. <laughs> no, in fairness, and that, that's not to caricature the guy. There was. He, he, he was, you know, I, I honestly think he was, you know, no more than, let's say, Jim McGuinness got a lot of criticism 10 years ago. I thought Paddy was visionary in a lot of what he had, you know, and, and it's only now his little sound bites are being recycled for radio promos and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You, you, I think people got an idea of it with the Maroon documentary in Westmead. Multiply that by 10 with his native county and, you know, the sanctity of the dressing room and all that will probably dictate that you don't, you know, reveal an awful lot of what Paddy said. But I think, you know, he had a good team around him, Jack o- a young Jack O'Connor. Connor was a selector as well, Seamus McGarrell, you know, there were these lads that were genuine football people and, you know, it was, I don't know, I met Ogie earlier on, Ogie had, Ogie Moran was eight All-Ireland medals, had come beforehand in a tough time in that transition time where we were a becoming team about to become something and Paddy steps in and, you know, gets us over the line. But there was a lot of good people in those years that kind of, you know, didn't get a fair, fair play, like it was just a bad culture there at the time. County Championship was very strong in Kerry at the time, but just the how to win and knowing how to win and how to beat the Dubs, to beat the Meads, the Galways, these teams wasn't there at the time. Until Just Paddy didn't do doubt. He didn't do, you know, he never doubted that Kerry were going to win. You know, and you'd love to just kind of parachute him in now and say, because that's the one thing he gives you, like, is that you just don't doubt yourself after listening to him, like, and nobody doubted themselves when listening to Paddy. And, you know, I'm sure Jack has, has bought those traits and other Kerry managers have bought those traits to the, to the table, but um, Paddy really never doubted himself. <laughs> <laughs> and would he speak in the dressing room? Would that be the last time, or would he speak out in the huddle? No, you're just about to dra- go? dressing room, dressing room usually, yeah, yeah, you know, and after that, you know, I mean, all these big games, next Sunday's big game, it's all after that. You know, you find out when you go into club management, even if you're, you know, you're hopeless on the sideline. Like, you know, you're hoping that the players know what they're at after that, you know. And the, there was a lot of that there, you know. I know Jason was in a high performance sideline there with Jim Gavin and the boys. Like, they were probably dictating it. But even watching them was fascinating to be watching them over the years, like how calm they were. And a lot, a lot of it is handed over to the players at that stage. Like, so, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's the way it was. You had to come up against party teams in the All-Ireland Championship with Kerry, obviously, and then in, in the Leinster Championship as well. So you got a bit of face time on the opposite side of things, I suspect, Jason. Yeah, yeah, and I got, got to meet Paddy a few times over the years, and actually we came down, and I was saying to, to the guys earlier, we, we came down, Paddy asked me, he came in to where I was working and asked me to play in the Comortis. It was the, and, and unfortunately he passed then, but by the time uh, the Comortis came around, but we, we came down and we, we actually, we, we, we wanted to honour him, and we got to the final against Angaeltuk that time. So, uh, yeah, we, I, got, I got to know him, and obviously he was a larger-than-life character, and uh, I remember when he took the Westmead job, uh, we had a challenge, match one of his first games against uh, Dublin it was up in St Jude's and myself and Darren Holman were leaving after the game and Paddy was on the side of the road on his own so we were like you okay Paddy he says oh I've got down to the two sisters pub I'm meeting someone down here he says oh sure we'll we'll spin you down so Paddy got into the car anyway and we were young and naive admittedly but he goes oh lads what am I after doing what am I after doing we were like that's okay Paddy you think you've problems we have Tommy Lyons as a manager (laughs) (laughs) and we ended up for the next 20 minutes spilling our soul about what was wrong with Dublin football (laughs) so who did we meet in the first round of the Leinster Championship 
Championship, and who's cla- shaking my hand after they beat us? Only God will best lead. So uh, I learned my lesson that day. Do you think he knew he? That was psychological. Then he was getting into your head. Well, I don't know. <laughs> he knew what he was at. He certainly did. Um, you mentioned there about you know spending time during COVID and all these classic games coming up on screen, or not so classic in, in the case of '97. The one that did come up a lot last year was. Kerry, Dublin, Thurless, 2001, because it was 20 years on, they played each other in Thurless. We might start with you, Dara. Does that have the sort of sepia-tinted, this was one of the greatest uh, few weeks of my life, the way a lot of Kerry fans would have those couple of weeks, or is it a very different uh, thing from your perspective? I think it was a bigger event for Dublin. I remember the Joe Duffy show being inundated with calls because the Dubs couldn't find their way down, down to Thurless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was the start of their Croke Park thing, like yeah. Dublin. Like. Um, but it, it, like, my memories of, of the time are in, in the drawing game, um, <clears throat> actually being substituted off and uh, just the last couple of minutes in injury time and Bar- Barry was on the sideline actually Barry O'Shea and the famous kick that Morris is lining up you know and Barry turning to me saying oh he'll nail this because he had done it so often like in the past and went on to be one of the famous and great kicks in, 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 in Gaelic football I remember Desi missed an open goal one of the days as well and I remember Kieran Whelan being at the height of his you know at the height of his powers in those days like you know he'd been playing five or six years at that stage and he was one of these dominant midfielders and being hit by Kieran Whelan, like you, you felt it, like you know that, that kind of that kind of that. They're the memories that you have of it, like. But there was such a nostalgia around it. But like, you, we didn't have a rivalry, really. No, I think that was and the first game yeah. that we played since '85. Yeah. yeah, and we were reared on listening to stories of Kerry Dublin '70s and '80s, and you revere all that, and you read the books about them afterwards and everything like that. But if we were to say we had a rivalry back then, we didn't. You know, it, it was Dublin had won their thing in '95. We had won it two years later, and it's like we we never collided. In, in, the, in those years, it was Kerry meet Galway for for a while, like after after the Dublin win, like and Joe. We didn't have an animosity really, and but they did bring the fanfare, they did bring the big crowds, um, and they did, you know, they did, you know, they were great game games of football. Um, but at the same time, it's pure nostalgia, really. Like mm. you must have thought, Jason, at the time that there might have been a rivalry. Obviously, you go two games and Thurless, they end up being classics. It's obviously oh four and then oh uh, nine, I think after that 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 you play again. So it doesn't actually materialise. So it's just this weird thing in isolation that was just two weeks of of, of brilliant memories. Yeah, and I, I, as I alluded to, there it was the novelty of it as well. Mm. And again, yeah, I remember talking to Dublin supporters trying to get down, and they were, I, I only got as far as Carlo, <laughs> but sure you were going to yeah. Thurles why are yeah. you in Carlow yeah. but it was uh, yeah it was and uh, like from from my perspective it was it was very it, it, it was just it, it felt like we were part of the tradition you know yeah. like because yeah. at the time well certainly from a Dublin point of view we were at a low ebb I'm not sure where you guys were you, had, yeah, we'd uh, win the previous year all Ireland but then meet hockey this right. after pitcher yeah. a couple of weeks later like, yeah so yeah. like and again, talk about the quality of football. There was a lot, a lot of bad football to yeah. be played, but yeah. we were, we, we should have been out as like we should have been beaten out the gate. And then Vinnie Murphy came on, got a goal. Darren Holman got a goal, and it looked like we were going to, we were going to um, get out of there with robbery. And then, of course, Mr. Fitzgerald uh, had a, a moment of genius, you know. And again, I remember after the game coming off and going to the dressing room and being told, to, "No, out, out to the supporters." And we went out and we were clapping the. Support 
supporters. There was people in the dressing room. We we went back and had our pre or our post match meal, and there might have been a there wasn't in a zero zero anyway. And uh, <laughs> yeah. we trained the next day. There were certain players didn't get to training. Um, it was Monday before we rocked up again, and we were only playing the replay six days later. Yeah. So it was a different time. But um, in saying that, like unfortunately, that all I remember is that nostalgia piece because if you look at the game, even in the second game, I think it was Tomas sent off early in the game. It was, yeah. In the first yeah. half. Oh, he tried to make a case for him on TV afterwards, <laughs> but it was kind of hopeless. He couldn't make a case for it. Like, it was a reckless tackle. <laughs> yeah. but, but like even then, we didn't have the tactical now to, to kind of make that an advantage we just played our, our, like I think you might have dropped a half forward and our half back just played as a half back yeah. you know whereas nowadays if, if you lose a man sure it's game over so again as much as it was nostalgic and it was great there was so many learnings as well from that when you, you look back at it and you, you try to think how you could do things it, it's better. shocking like when you think of it like back then when you lost a man it was like you were going to win the game because you were so angry that your <laughs> man was sent off and you know that, that's, that was the, the thinking now if you lose a man you're more than likely having the hope of, of winning a game because it's all thought out but it was the passion and the energy and the, the indignance of having a man sent off would win you a game you know mm. we let's do it for Tomas kind of a thing like, you yeah. know? Uh, was that a sliding doors moment at all Jason could you have won that All-Ireland if, if you got over carried that time um, I don't know about winning All-Ireland we'd been beaten it was Tommy Carr and actually uh, uh, between the two matches we had our chairman coming in and saying that we're standing by Tommy Carr and he's our manager for the future <laughs> he got the bullet a week later <laughs> but, um, but like for Tommy and he was a great guy he'd, I'd played with him and he was a manager and he, he, we, were, we were beaten in a few close games so it would have been great for him to get, get a big a big scalp as such and who knows because I think the following year that was a one I think and then in 02 Dublin won a Leinster and they kind of kicked on from there but that sport you know we just we didn't take the the opportunity that was there but I think it's amazing the amount of people I still remember there must have been a hundred thousand in Thurlis that day because yeah. everyone seems yeah. to have been at the game and mm. captured the imagination yeah yeah great times uh, we're going to continue this conversation a little bit later on with uh, Dara and with Jason as we look ahead to Sunday the All-Ireland Football semi-final between Dublin and Kerry it is the big one this weekend but for the time being give uh, a warm round of applause for Dara and for Jason <laughs> <laughs> 